This is the Auto Off Topic Podcast, where we talk cars and anything related to cars. I'm Andrew, and my co-host is Brad. Good evening, Andrew. Good evening, Brad. Uh, so, let's see. We are... What are we drinking tonight? We've got the Narragansett Lager. In the nothing ni- spectacular. Nothing spectacular. It's my house beer in the 1975 throwback cans. If you're f- familiar with Jaws and you pay close attention to when Quint drinks that beer and then crushes it, it's actually... The same design as this can. That was why they did it. It's kind of a neat little thing. I think they came out with it a couple of years ago. But I think so. There's actually a local uh, movie theater restaurant combo that every year does a Jaws uh, special night where they have Narragansett Beer sponsors the event, and they hand out these cans. And then when that scene comes up in the movie, everybody jumps up, chugs, and then chugs the beer and crushes it like Quint. <laughs> anyway, beer yeah, is not important. Yeah, that's a Local thing. Yeah. Right um, here. Well, let's get right into project car updates. Uh, what do you got going on, Brad? Well, mm, nothing really good. Um, the Brown 80 Colt, which is my daily driver, kind of, sort of, three-season, sometimes four-season daily driver, developed a skip. Um, that carburetor is known to be finicky, so I finicked with it. And it's now barely drivable. Hmm. So in typical progress, pro- project car progress, I have gone backwards. Well, it's, you know, carburetors, they work on magic. Yes, it's a lot of magic, and I'm apparently not a believer because my car will not run properly now. Oh. It's better than after about an hour of playing with it, the car just wouldn't start. So at least it starts and runs again. So now i got to get back to that baseline and figure out what it is honestly it's a similar carburetor to what's in the 78 rear wheel draft colt that runs amazing um the bigger thing about the 78 colt i think that makes a difference is i switched out the points for a petronics uh electronic ignition so that's the blue car that's the blue car yeah i may do that in the brown car just to kind of establish a better baseline because um, if I have poorly set up points or bad points or something's wrong there, and I have weird carburetor issues, I'm never going to figure it out. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, how old could the points be in that Colt at this point? The brown one. Well, I put, new, I put new points in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, but, you know, I'm 35 years old. I'm not the expert in points that somebody should be because we didn't learn them. And it's not like what I did learn them on was a small block Chevy. So they're very different. Yeah. And they're not very different, but they're they're different enough. And I just kind of want to eliminate that one problem and just concentrate on the carburetor. Now, the you said the blue car is running, though, the 78? Blue car is running beautiful. Because that... Um, it overheated for a while. It was overheating. That was a radiator issue. Yeah. So the, you put a new used radiator. I put a radiator in from the parts it, car that we got parts off of in New Jersey last year. Yeah, a nice brass radiator, old school yep. radiator. Yeah, not a plastic tank aftermarket yeah. one. Um, so that's running good. And you put the the American Racing Libras on it. it has the Libras on it with brand new, unfortunately, off-brand tires because they're small and weird. They're 13s. Uh, they're 14s on that oh, car. 14s. I, I could have gotten a fancier tire, but I don't know. The suspension doesn't really asked for it yet so i still want it to be able to be a little tail happy in the wet weather and it's not going to be with sticky tires so yeah um no other project cars nothing i haven't worked on anything this week it's been a weird busy week yeah i didn't really work on anything other than on saturday 
I took the Subaru that we drive every day to work. The one with the radio. The one with the radio. Failure last week. Failure. That, and then we, so we took it for a sticker. You get a sticker every year. Uh, that car is due in November. For non-Massachusetts residents. For non, yeah. That's inspection sticker. Inspection. It does safety. And that car is old enough now. There's no emissions. So they don't even plug it in. Nope. Just a visual emissions. Yeah. As long as, it, a... as long as there's no check engine light, you're fine. I think that you can even have a check engine light now. Maybe. I don't know. I think as long as you have a catalytic converter and it's not belching black smoke, you're usually okay. Yeah, or the exhaust doesn't sound broken. Exactly. So. Or modified in any way. Yeah. Uh, they you, they usually slide that. Legally, they're not supposed to. Yeah. But anyway, it's had, uh, so it's an Outback, and it's got those big rally-type fog lights in the bumper in the bottom. It's had, one of them's been burned out for at least five years. At least. And I've been going to the same inspection station that's almost across the street from the house for like two years. And I show up Saturday, I go to get a sticker, and the guy's like, you have a fog light out. I'm like, come on. <laughs> It's like, no, I can change it for you. I'm like, uh, all, yeah, for $100. Yeah, I was like, I'll change it. Yeah, it's a fog light bulb. So I ended up getting a red rejection sticker, which is awesome. Which in Massachusetts, for those non-residents, means yeah. red R means you cannot drive the car legally on the road until yeah. you fix the safety defect. Yeah, so you can't take it somewhere to get it fixed. Right. <laughs> you have to get it fixed technically, legally, at the place that gave you the red R. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a scam. It's definitely a scam, and it goes all against all of the Right to Repair Act things and everything so that's going on. So. I was like, whatever. I'll take this. And I went to the parts store, got a bulb. I had to put the car up in the air to get to where the bulb was because I couldn't just reach under the bumper because it was all covered. By the intake by, tubes and whatnot? No, it was covered by splash shields on that side that yep. still existed. Which is weird. Yeah. To rip them out. Yeah. I just, well, way. I broke the clips and just took them out. Yeah. And then uh, I basically just zip-tied them back in because I was like, whatever. It's more than I would have done. Yeah. I would have taken the fog lights out. Well, everything's so rusty. I would have fought taking the fog lights out, the brackets. I was like, it's easier just to put bulbs in. Okay. So it was like $25 for bulbs, an hour and a half of my time. Then I went back, and all he did was scrape off the sticker that he put on and, and put, put on a new one on. A new one on. It was yeah. like such a waste of everybody's time. <laughs> well, the, the law in Massachusetts is if it's present on the car, it has to function. Yeah. So if your car has two rear view mirrors... Both of them need to be good. One of them can't be cracked. Yeah. If your car has a rear window wiper, it has to function properly. Yeah. If your car has um, headlight washers, headlight washer wipers, they have to function. Everything on the car that could be there for a safety purpose has to work in order to get an inspection sticker. Most stations are pretty lenient about little things like one fog light being out. But yeah, because they just check you need to have your brake lights and your the running ones that lights. Are safety. Because technically yeah. it's illegal to even use fog lights in the state if it's not rainy, snowy, or foggy. Yeah. So. Yeah. But the other funny thing, too, is if you've got a bro truck and you put, like, 40 lights on it and a light bar, even though those are illegal. They'll pass you anyway. Yeah, but you have those have to work. If they don't work. Oh, yeah. They yeah they're illegal, it. but if they're there, they have to work. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. Like, if you have light-up washer squirters on your hood and one of them's out... They can give you a failure sticker. Yeah, I remember that when I took the... I used to be licensed to be an inspector like 10 years ago, and the guy's like, nope, every extra light that's on the car has to work. So if somebody puts all those like marker bulbs from the... You know, they want to make their car look like a big rig with all the marker bulbs, all that has to work. Stupid. It's so stupid. Meanwhile, they probably didn't even jack it up and check the ball joints. I didn't see him jack it up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know the car is safe, but I know there's like so many other cars that people don't take care of. They're just driving down the road, ball tires, bad ball joints. You see cars with, like, 
only two brake lights or like just the third, the third brake light, light. The, I'm like, how does it get a sticker? How have yeah. you not been pulled over yet? It's so weird. Oh, as a former body shop employee, I used to see them come in all the time, you know, after a rainstorm or a snowstorm, and I don't know what happened. The car just crashed into the wall, and they pull it in, and there's no tread left in the tires. Yeah. And like a one-month-old sticker. Yeah. But, you know, your fog light was out, so yeah. the world was in danger. No, that's the, that's the other thing I did on Saturday, too, is I put the, I've got a set of WRX wheels from like the 02 to 04 WRX that a friend of mine gave me, and then I put used Blizzax on there, nice. and I them right up there. To the outback, so you know that's nice having a all-wheel drive car with snow tires. Yes, snow tires are required in my mind to live in Massachusetts or any snowbelt state. Yeah, except for everybody else that you run into, that's just like, why did you put snow tires on your all-wheel drive car? That doesn't make any sense. Well, when you pass them upside down on a ditch on one twenty-eight during a snowstorm, uh, one twenty-eight is uh, our 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 part of Route ninety-five. Sometimes. Sometimes. Part of it is, part of it isn't. Yeah. Most of it Just is. Just to confuse out-of-towners. Yeah. And it can go north and south, but kind of east and west. At the same time. <laughs> and if you want to go north, and you're where we are in Peabody, and you want to go to, like, Gloucester north, you have to get a 95 north first, and then onto 128. But it's two different roads. Yeah. Because if you stay at 95 north, you won't get to the eastern... The northeast coast of Massachusetts. Nope. It splits off, even nope. though it's the same road. It's a different road. And if you want to go north to New Hampshire. This is a very regional discussion. Nobody yeah. cares. But well, snow tires are required around here. It's definitely you required. Have common sense. It just shows you how good that the, the marketing is for cars with all-wheel drive, that you people just don't think you need them. Well, that's why nobody buys station wagons anymore, and everybody drives an SUV. Yeah. I mean, I because you just see these people, you're out in snowstorms, and they're just like white-knuckling it along. Because they have no traction, no steering. My favorite is the taxi drivers that come from warmer climate areas, and they're driving big rear-wheel drive Crown Victorias with bald white walls. Yeah. And they just sit in traffic, spinning tires all day long. It's so annoying. But it's required to have them if you are a car guy um, for two reasons. One, because you don't get stuck. And two, so you have the traction to avoid the other idiots that don't have snow tires. Well, you've also gone through winters with you just throw snow tires on your rear-wheel drive cars. Yep, yep. I have a, a, a the Starion we talked about last week has been through winter before, um, and the winter I think it probably four snow tires. Not you oh, can't just oh, no, put two the on the on the drive wheels. Yeah. Like that doesn't work that way. You still need to steer and brake. Um, but that car went through the winter of 2011 or 2010, whichever winter it was. It snowed yeah. like every two days. We probably had almost a record snowfall that year, um, and I have a shared driveway, and my neighbor has a RAV4, and, well, my former neighbor, she's moved, thankfully, I was tired of another day, um, but she had trouble getting out of her driveway with her all-wheel drive RAV4 on just regular passenger car tires, and I would pull right out in my rear-wheel drive sports car, and she would just get angry, so I sold her on snow tires just by her seeing that. You don't even have to have expensive snow tires either. No, they, I I always run uh, Firestone Winter Force. Yep, they're a good value tire. They're studdable if you want, so they're good in the ice too if you want them to be. Our mutual friend Joey has run a Miata through the winter on studded Firestone Winter Forces. Well, that's that's where I kind of learned about snow tires was rally crossing with the the Rally Mirage, 
because we showed up to some of the first events and we didn't have snow tires because they they start out in like January. Yep. And everybody that's you know goes for has been going for a while runs their cars on snow tires, even in the dirt. Even in the dirt. So we're just kind of like, oh, that's interesting. So I was like, you know what? You know, we're getting beat with this car, and we're not. We're just on all seasons. Let's buy a pair of snow tires for it. A pair by four. Uh, Four. Four set. So it was like, uh, you know, I was trying to to figure out how to describe it. It's kind of like when you, you know, you go from like watching an HD while watching a standard def TV, and then you go to HD and how much the difference is. It's so amazing. Going from a car. Standard def, you can't. Yeah. Yeah. You go from a car on all seasons and snow to a car on like snow tires and snow. It's so much different, so much better. Yeah. It's night and day. Yeah. And then we actually started beating people, like a lot of people rally crossing. Not to say we're good. We just we're more competitive. We were more competitive, but anyway, you got to have snow tires. If you live in a snow belt and you don't have snow tires and you crash your car, I don't want to hear it. No, that's the end of the story. Even if you have a truck and you don't have a snow rated tire, yeah, I don't want to hear it. It is your fault. Yeah, my uh, my not pool drive Montero last winter was fine with uh, Nokians that were snow rated on it. Having a limited slip differential helped too. That did. Yeah, it did. That what really helped in my Starion. Yeah, because at least both tires would get you know not traction but would spin evenly. Mm-hmm. But it's also not necessary because we've done it before with open diff cars. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I came from before the Rally Mirage. You know, I only knew what my father taught me about snow tires growing up, and snow tire technology that he was used to from you know the seventies and the eighties was not the same as it is today. So it wasn't very good. You know, I had a set of rock-hard, old, studded snow tires on my 1985 Cutlass in high school, and it was pretty useless. Yeah, because you're basically just sitting on top of the studs, like, and the tread wasn't doing anything. No, because they're just old, hard tires yeah. that look like they belong on a light truck. We put yeah. them on the, just the back, obviously. He still yeah. swears that he only needs them on the drive wheels, because he's never owned a car with four snow tires. But hopefully he listens, and hears me making fun of him, and puts four snow tires on his car this year. Well, you know what they're not good at is... uh Autocrossing. No. At one time, we tried to. They, they did a double cross with the New England region of uh, SCCA. Yeah, it was a rally cross and autocross combined. Yeah, so you combined your times. Like one day they did times on dirt, and the next day they went down and they did in the parking lot that the autocross people were using just to do like this weird event to try to, like, I don't know, be more fun. We were terrible at it. Like the Mirage was just like. It like was there were fiery, hot chunks of rubber firing at the corner workers. <laughs> yeah, they're basically like driving a car on ice. When you try to corner really hard on snow tires, that's the only problem. They're not. Well, the other thing is the directional stability is not as good because the tread blocks are bigger and you can feel it squirming a little. Yeah. Especially on the cheaper snow tires. Yeah. Some of the uh, blizzacks are a little better, but the fires don't went to forces. I drive it all them. year round, though. Not all year round. Well, I used to drive the Mirage all year round on snow tires. Well, expensive, good snow tires yeah. I wouldn't recommend no. using in the summer because no. they hot weather will just chunk them up pretty good, but. Those were 14-inch winter forces. They're probably $40 a piece. Oh. Anyway, uh, enough about snow tires. Since, we're, since we are going into winter, though, and you know we do like to watch stuff on TV because it's usually snowing and we have to stuck in the house. Yuck, New England. Um, there starts this week on the 18th, so Friday, is uh, the new version of Top Gear, which is actually the Grand Tour on Amazon. Yes, I'm excited. I'm pretty excited because it sounds like they took... All the best parts of Top Gear that we liked, those those epic road trips, and it sounds like the show is just going to be that. Yep. And, so and the camaraderie of the three of them is better than anything else on television. So supposedly it's going to go live on uh, 
midnight, and they said Greenwich Mean Time. Okay. So that's like where England is. I'm not that into it that I need to watch it the second. Yeah, so supposedly it's going to start 7 p.m. Eastern Thursday night. So don't worry. All Thursday night, all Friday, we'll just be inundated with people talking about it on the Internet. Yep. When I finally get home to watch it, you know, Friday night. We'll already know what happened. Yeah, exactly. So try to ignore all of those things as best I can. It's like not watching a big game before you go to bed and trying not to hear the score before you wake up the next day. Oh, microphone technical difficulty. Yeah, I'm trying to make sure I'm talking in the right part of it. Sounds good in my headphones. does? All right. It's, it keeps sounding weird in mine. So we've upgraded a little bit. We've each got headphones to listen back as we're talking. So hopefully it, we can make it sound a little better. It's a learning curve, though. Yeah, yeah we're trying. Um, what else? Oh, so, yeah, I mean, pretty excited about the Grand Tour. Uh, over the summer, I read Richard Porter's book, uh, and on that bombshell, which is Richard Porter, if you don't know who he is, he is the script editor for Top Gear. Uh, so he writes all the good material. Yeah. He all, makes them funny. All the the unscripted car show, which is really a very scripted car show. I mean, it, it, they said, you know, basically you read the book. It's even if, you know, even if it was like, you know, Richard pulls up in a crap car, like that would just be part of the script. And then they just figure oh, it out of course. from there. So if they had no script, it would be a hot mess yeah like this podcast yeah exactly um and then so you know it's a pretty interesting book and it's it basically starts at the beginning when top gear went from uh it was a you know stuffy it was like an actual motoring show oh, like motor week yeah and then it kind of rebooted in 2003 and that became the show that we know that ended last year or was it two years ago now i think i don't remember i think it's almost two years ago now i've always been behind because i've always watched it on netflix yeah i've never actually watched the i didn't watch the final season of the three of um richard james and jeremy i didn't actually watch that Uh, i have not seen it fully all the way through yeah just because there was whatever else going on at the time but yeah i'm sure it'll wind up on netflix eventually and i'll catch up yeah and then Basically, it's kind of interesting. He just talks about how they went through the beginning, the middle, and then the end. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, I felt bad reading it because a lot of the people that worked for the show were really upset with Jeremy with all the stuff that he did. I mean, whatever. Say what you will about the guy, but, you know, what he did wasn't really right. You can't just punch somebody to work with. I tried to ignore it. Yeah. I, mean, it's just, I, I still go to Christian Bale movies, even though he's a known jerk in Hollywood. Yeah. It's not going to stop me from watching yeah. his movies. So I don't care what somebody does offset. It is what it is. Whatever. I I guess they're, you know, I guess they're, Bridget Porter's back on the Grand Tour, I heard. Oh, good. So hopefully it turns out to be really awesome. Well, their first publicity stunt was kind of cool. Well, they just dropped wrecked Priuses all over the world. Yeah, that's pretty, that was pretty funny. Um. The current version of Top Gear, I haven't actually watched any of it. I have. I mean, it's the format is the same. The show is the same. Yeah. But it's not the same because it's not the same people. Yeah. It's just it, the, the show was the people. You know, you can have the best written show in the world, and if the people don't get along and don't work right, it's just not going to work. Like, if I hated you, we couldn't sit here talking about cars every Wednesday night. Maybe. There's been a lot of acts like that, though. But they're acts. That's yeah, the difference. That's true. I, I just there's, there, there's no chemistry on the new one. I've sat down. I've watched it. I haven't been into it. Um, there's so much automotive content out there now 
that it's a lot harder to compete. You know, when Top Gear was the Top Gear we all know and love, the internet and YouTube wasn't quite as, you know, prevalent. I mean, it was obviously there, but it wasn't quite as mainstream and prevalent as it is now. And anybody can make a car show now. Yeah, I remember sort of starting to hear about Top Gear. It was probably the mid to early 2000s, but you couldn't get it here. If you, right. If you wanted to watch it, you had to, like, torrent it. Yeah. And I was just like, ah, it's so On much work. Wire. Yeah, I was like, whatever. And then when it finally came to BBC America, it was like, oh, this is this is really cool. It was very entertaining. And then, but you don't want, I don't want every car show to be just like Top Gear. No, they all have to be different. No, yeah, they, I don't know, for some reason people think that everybody wants Top Gear. It's like, no, 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 Top Gear is its own thing. Well, there's two formats. Yeah. There's the Top Gear format, and then there's the American, you know, um, what's that, overhaul format. Those are the two main formats. There's the the free form, it is what it is, Top Gear style, or the here's your budget, here's your time frame, build the car, make some drama, <laughs> get rid of the car. The parts Next don't episode. fit. They're yeah, not exactly. here on time. Exactly. We've got to get this done in this unrealistic timeline. Right. We have one week to complete this project that would take most shops years. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Or the other the other one, I, oh, man, that Graveyard Cars one is crazy. There's a lot. We can go on for a topic here if you want about talking about car shows. Um, but like I said, with, with the prevalence of YouTube and how easy it is for people to record their own things now, there's actually some decent stuff out there without yeah. going into the cable television shows. Because cable television shows will always be catering to a, a marketing guy or somebody somewhere. Yeah. So, I mean, there's the Graveyard Cars guy. Yeah, he's office rocker. He knows a lot about Mopars. Very specific. Very specific. Yeah. Um, I don't know that there's that many people that care that much about Mopars. I mean, Mopars are obviously very popular. Yeah. But, I mean, as far as the minutia that the show goes into, talking about bolt sizes and color combinations, I'm surprised it's still on the air. I mean, they do take... It is kind of... I mean, I have to say, they do take cars that are, like, basically... You just write them off. Like, they just just be crushed, and then they fix them. So I guess that's something. They do at least save it cars. It is something. It just... To me, it's not interesting to watch no. because it's and it's only the same, so many 68 Roadrunners I can watch. It's restored. the same product over and over again, the same Chrysler product. And the product, same bad so. jokes over and over again. Yeah. Um, oh, but if we if we flip back to Top Gear, I, I did – I was one of the people that enjoyed Top Gear USA. Early seasons were a little rocky. Started to get better. The problem was people expected the BBC Top Gear. No. There's a Top Gear for almost every market, and yeah. they're all different. Yeah. And I enjoyed the show – I didn't enjoy watching them crash cars that I wanted to own that were here in America already. Yeah. That was a bit of a buzzkill. But when you went into it and you understood that it wasn't going to be British Top Gear. Correct. It was the best car show you could have. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. It wasn't British Top Gear, but it no, was pretty good. No. And I think, uh, I hope that Rutledge Wood... I hope his other show he had on history comes it's already, back. It's already canceled. It's already canceled? Yeah. Really? It was cool. That's a bummer. Yeah. But again, that was a standard American-style scripted show where it was, here's the car, here's the time frame, build the car, get it done, yeah, move on to the next one. I, I guess I just like watching him as oh, a car guy. Oh, he seems like a cool car guy because he's like what we would do if we had the money to do it all the time. Yeah. And he seems like a genuinely, a genuinely nice car person. Yeah, every like, time I've seen interviews, he's always been pretty awesome. Yeah. He's just very positive. I just like his attitude. And he built that sweet Honda wagon, the green one. Yeah. That's the like plaid. the coolest car ever. 
cool I, I like a lot of his cars. The, yeah. the, did you see the Caprice he did? That was yep. gray. With the gray, wood grain. Yeah. Yeah, they're all very cool. And the the was the Subaru, uh, the van that he put the on 360 the 360 van, the three, go-kart chassis. Yeah. Yeah, it was very cool. It was great. And I'm not sure I approve of it being on a go-kart chassis, but it looked good. I just want his, his tow rig. The, the story's uh, cool, the big van, the step-through van. Yeah, exactly. On the on the modern chassis. All of his stuff is cool. I mean, he's a he's genuinely has good taste. Or I, I guess good taste isn't the word. He has our taste. Yeah. If we had the money exactly. to build the cars like him, we would build the cars like him. And then, so I told you the other day you should be watching Drive on NBC Sports. Yeah, I haven't started yet. Uh, it's not on demand. Yeah, I watched it, a few it, back episodes it on YouTube. Needs to be on demand. Yeah, well, it's on video on demand for three ninety nine episode yeah. or whatever. And uh, that's as much as I want to support their content. I can't support their content without having seen one first. I don't think. Yeah. But um, Spinelli, Farah, it's got Harris in it, who's also in Top Gear, and Harris is probably the best part about the new Top Gear. Okay. Um, Chris Harris. Okay. And uh, I, it's not. Again, it's not Top, New Top Gear. Top Gear isn't BBC Top Gear? Yeah. Yes, yeah, I haven't watched any of yeah. it yet. Yeah. Bad car guy. Yeah. But see, Drive is, again, it's not the same as Top Gear, but it's it's a similar style. as a, It's a review show of new cars. Yep. And they do some adventures with new cars. Which is probably why I haven't watched it, because I'm more into the old car stuff. But they did, the last episode, they did try to take that old E30 over a couple uh, mountain passes. In okay. Colorado with a hilarious failure, but it was a good effort and it was entertaining. So, I, uh, well, that's why my personal favorite car show is Roadkill. See, I haven't watched you haven't. Watched I haven't watched any of those. Reason. I just, I just can't. I it's don't know. super I just entertaining. Gotten into it. It's super entertaining. The guys have a great chemistry, and they just do. I mean, I guess it has some of that typical American car show theme. Excuse me, where it's. Um, Time frame, build the car, move on. But they just take it to the next level. You know, where they'll they buy a car from a junkyard and have to get it running with parts from other cars in the junkyard and then drive it back from Texas to L.A. I mean, it's just, it's fun. It's, it's, they right. do fun Sounds things fun. and they build cool things. And it's the first season's on Netflix, but every episode's on YouTube. So it's, it's definitely worth a watch. Um, if you want to get into it, if you haven't watched it before, I'd say watch one of the episodes where they take the Ford Ranchero to Alaska from L.A. That's pretty cool. They painted it up like an old, the old Hot Rod special race car from the 60s or 70s Hot Rod magazine. And tried, the the mission is to build a car, drive it to Alaska, take it ice racing, and drive it home. Hmm. So it's very entertaining to watch. They're uh, one of my favorite ones to watch. And they have a new episode every month, so it keeps coming up. And they certainly, like, kind of... Built up a huge following on the internet. I mean, that's huge probably, following. Yeah, probably the biggest car show on the internet. I would have to guess. I, I would uh, guess Mighty so. Car Mods or them, which actually they've done a crossover now, which is cool too. Oh, see, I don't know that. See, I don't watch it. Oh, see, Mighty Car Mods is great. I don't too. watch a ton of YouTube videos. Well, now that's on your television. You have no excuse. I know. I know. It because they did just make it so much easier to consume. Now that you can just beam it to your television from your phone or or a smart TV. It's right yeah, there. Yeah, or it, it is. That's the other thing. It's. I can look at it on my TV, but it doesn't. The search is really annoying because you have to, you know, punch it in with your remote. Yep. You don't have the keyboard, so it's, right. it's way easier to just beam it over from the phone. Okay, so you have a PlayStation works on that too. But but again, I have to type it in using the controller. I don't have a keyboard. Yeah, whatever. It's easier on the phone. Whatever. I watch it mostly through my Xbox, which is a. Other than being for Forza, it's a Netflix machine and YouTube machine. Yeah, basically. 
And I I do, you know, even though we're in our 30s, I know we both still subscribe to cable. Yeah, we're part of that demographic. We're just on the edge of that demographic. I do like my cable shows. So uh, I do get to watch the new episodes of Wheeler Dealers. Also a good car show. That's probably my favorite. Yeah, well, they're the most genuine as far as the process of repair goes along, usually. Yeah. I mean, there is definitely some reality TV elements to it, but... Well, it's always going to be, because there has to be. Yeah. If, if you just showed a guy fixing a car from start to finish... Boring as shit. It's so fucking boring. Yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> th- their, their show is good, though, because they have more realistic budget, it seems to me. You never see them with the uh, walk into the, you know, supply store. Oh, just write a blank check. Just... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, this is our budget build, and we've got $10,000 worth of free parts. Yeah. Which, of course, is the old Monster Garage freebie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which kind of started this whole thing. Yeah, was I it guess. Monster it, Garage or yeah, Orange County Chargers? No, it was ba- well, it was kind of like Monster Garage, I think, came first. Okay. Or, or they're very close. And then, you know, Orange County Choppers kind of just took it. And then American Hot Rod. Just amped it all, uh, American Hot they Rod. were all just unwatchable because they were just fake drama. And <laughs> they were guys that could build cars, not guys who could act. And even questionable if they could actually build cars in some of the shows. Like yeah. the Orange County Choppers was, we could screw together a bunch of off-the-shelf parts and weld a spider web over the top of it. And we have a new motorcycle. <laughs> I never got into it. It wasn't my thing. No. But the new the new crop of car shows is a lot better. No, Wheeler Dealers is really great. I And the, the latest one with the Bronco was really great. It was. Now, that's one where I talk about where it's not exactly always... 100% realistic. No, no, no. Because that restored shell they found yeah. was definitely not a $4,000 shell. Yeah, well, supposedly mechanics lean, but I mean... Overall still. Weird. It was a... They they got into a, a restoration on a Bronco, which I'm sure you could watch it. It's on the Discovery Channel, or is that Velocity? It's Velocity now. It's on Velocity now. What, Discovery 2 or something? Or... Oh, whatever it's on. Um, they got over their head with the restoration, and... He goes out to find her a replacement body shell, which is a common thing in Europe. You see that more than you see it here. Reshell stuff. Just yeah. to reshell something, take all the mechanics out of a, a rotted car and find a nice car with bad mechanics and throw it all over. But they found a mint, you know, fully restored, Just... glass smooth, painted with, you know, probably probably $4,000 worth of paint on the car. That's what he alone. said. Yeah. And then, so... It was a beautiful truck. Yeah. If you love first-gen Broncos, which where starting to become off-road guys here slowly. yeah no that was a neat truck uh it was a very cool truck it was neat because they changed it from the three in the tree to uh well they changed it to auto shift but i mean i guess that's more useful but for somebody who doesn't care i guess yeah but it inspired me to build the the brand new revel monogram or sorry just is it monogram or revel now i don't even i can't keep track uh 125th scale bronco kit yeah so that's cool um. Yeah, so I don't know. Any other uh, car shows? Uh, well, there's the same ones that everybody knows, which we don't really talk about. You know, Gas Monkey Garage and all those oh, things, God. which is a lot of fake drama. I, they do build some cool cars. You yeah, can't deny that from cannot them. fucking stand Richard Rollins. He's obnoxious, yeah. But <laughs> they do build some you cool cars. You can go on the Gas Monkey Garage cruise. That is coming up in yeah, March. Yeah, stab me in the eye, please. Because <laughs> you, you know you want to be on a cruise ship. Yeah. With nope. all the people that enjoy that show. Absolutely not. Just everybody getting norovirus and... Yeah. Just getting norovirus every... with a bunch of guys that ride um, black Harley baggers. <laughs> that's all it's going to be. No thank you. 
I'll skip that one. Yeah, seriously. Although, to be honest with you, I don't think I'd do a cruise anyway. But if I were to do a cruise, it certainly wouldn't be the Gas Monkey Garage cruise. No, no, no. I'm not sure I'm into cruises. That's just a terrible promotion for a television show. It's really weird. Yeah, it's it's not like it's not like it's a car club all going together. It's just strangers from all over the world that like this one television show. Which I guess if you had like a Star Wars show or something like that, Star Wars cruise, people probably do it too. But I don't know. It's Gas Monkey Garage. It's not exactly a, a huge hit like a Star Wars thing would be. I just I don't understand it at all. No, it's just bizarre. But he, he does everything to make money. I mean, he's just a. I mean, they have a drag team and a monster truck team and all that stuff. So he's just a show person. But yeah. anyway, regardless of the good or bad of the show, they have built some cool cars. They have built some crap, but they have built some cool cars too. And they've kind of brought to the masses that traditional style of hot rod, which is kind of, you know, the last style that was brought to the masses was the Boyd Coddington over the top 90s style hot billet rods. Billet everything. Billet everything. Yeah. We're going to put some billet wheels on this. Yeah. Oh, that's every overhauling. That's also true. We have these. Uh, a lot of the builds in overhaul, and you're like, yeah. that's a really cool build. And then Chip Foos is like, I've got these great billet wheels. And you're like, yeah. no way, man. You're like, come on. The last thing this car needs is a set of 22s. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think so. These custom designed billet wheels here. You're like, oh, God. Yeah, so if, if there's one thing I can say about the Gas Monkey Garage guys is that they do still do the oversized wheels in a lot of the builds because that's what people want. But they're a little more subtle because they'll do a 20-inch steel wheel or they'll do a patina build or they'll do something that's more... Uh, I'm more my style. Patina. But if it's real patina, it's okay. Trigger word patina. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. Uh, faux tina should be your trigger word. <laughs> patina is fine. Everything you own has patina. <laughs> if you think about it. You don't own, you don't own a show car. No, I don't. Everything has Nothing a little bit of age to it. <laughs> so there's an in-between between a, a full faked patina and a full show car, which is just make it nice enough to enjoy but don't make it so nice that you can't use it. <laughs> so, I, mean, I think your, your, your Montero you drive every day is, you know, we joke about the New England pinstripes that we added driving it through the forest, which obviously are the scratches from the trees going down the side of it. I, I, I Technically, those out. that's patina. Yeah. You didn't polish all of them out. No. Because some of them are pretty deep. It's got a bunch of hood dents from who knows what. God knows what. <laughs> and the fender dent that looks like it was punched by the Hulk. I don't know what that is. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah, it's a very strange dent. But, but so patina is not a dirty word. I need you to get that out of your head. It's it's the faked over the top patina that's a dirty word. You know, like airbrush patina. Exactly. Like airbrush if, rust. If, if you paint your car flat green, and then sand through certain spots to show the primer underneath, and then clear coat the top of it, you're doing it wrong. If you find a car in a field that has that natural worn look to it, and you want to keep that look, that's fine. I'm okay with that. Which is everything I own. Yeah. Original paint is best paint, whether it's shiny or not. Yeah. I mean, if, as long as you can justify it. Well, I don't like that right now. <laughs> Andrew has a snarky smile on his face telling me I'm justifying my crappy cars. <laughs> he might be right, but I prefer them to be honest, I guess is what I call it. If you have a car that's original, you know it's not hiding anything. And that's how I like well, my your cars. Your stereo is very honest. <laughs> That's uh, that that example is over the top <laughs> because that car has a rot box and has nothing left. Um, I'm more talking about like the 78 Colt we're talking about earlier in the show. Yeah, it's a California car. It's got a little paint fade. Exactly. The clear coat's faded. You know, the dash has got a crack in it. 
which bothers me a little bit. But as far as the paint goes, it's got some door dings. I can drive the car. I can park it outside a restaurant. I'm not worried about somebody opening the door into it. It's just, it's got a cool look. It sits right with the right wheels and tires on it. And it just, it, it sits nice. And the patina works on that car because it's not All right. faked. All right. So Stephanie's Subaru has patina then. Nah, it's just a shitbox. <laughs> Sorry, Stephanie. <laughs> the, you know, it's got quarter panels that are dissolving. That's patina. Don't yeah, worry about that. It's not patina. That's rust. <laughs> or as I used to call, remember my 85 Cressida, my quarter panels were um, New England lightweight racing quarter panels. That's true. Yes. That's true. If they're half missing, that's less weight. It is. Unless somebody fills them with spray foam. Well, that's why they were half missing, because somebody filled the small holes with spray foam originally. Yeah. That car was bad, too, though. Yeah. That was not patina. Which is annoying, because somebody did that to the Montero, too. That's true. They did. That's a pro tip. Please, if you have a car with rot holes, do not use spray foam to fill them. Don't do it. Just just leave it open. Just I don't think it's a pro tip. I think it's an anti-hack tip. Yeah. Just don't do that. Yeah. You're better off leaving the open air than... Something to trap the water in between the panels. It's not. That's uh, just so bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. And there's no way to get it out once it's in there. Fire. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, it's terrible. Yep. But anyway, enough about patina. Uh, no, I can talk about patina all day. The other one doesn't like it. Ugh. I come from a Volkswagen world. I like Volkswagens. Volkswagen. God, they're the worst offenders. Yeah. You know, you they're know, the worst offenders of fake patina, too, yeah, but the real yeah. ones are cool. I'm going to take my Mark III Golf, Mark IV Golf, no, and just no, no, no. sand talking, all the I'm paint off of it. I'm talking air-cooled. I'm talking air-cooled. And then so just let it rust? Let me just let the whole car rust? Nope. Air-cooled. And clear-coat it? Yeah. Oh. Let me let the whole car rust and then put a set of overpriced wheels with stretch tires. That's true. Stretch tires. Wheels forward. that I spent more on than the car. I'm guilty of that, too. Yeah. But that's because we drive $800 cars. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's a given. My car's double in value after an oil change and a full tank, so. That's true. Especially with, like, uh, if you got to put the premium in. No, they all run on regular, I think. Except they, I usually put a mid-grade in the Camaro just because it's a older, used-to-be, leaded gas running car. All right, I'll give you that. That car has patina. That car has excellent patina. It does, patina. but so does the Blue Colt. Yeah. The car has patina. It's an original car. It has patina. It's not a dirty word. All right. It's a dirty thing to fake. It's not a dirty thing to have. All right. If you bought the car brand new and it has patina, you're just a careless car owner. It's, I guess, but how does it... I mean, it just happens. So it, it has to be from some neglect. Uh, I'm sure, but... I don't know. As a car person, I can't imagine letting my car get that way from new. But I also can't imagine buying a new car. This seems like an uninteresting discussion. We should probably move on. I don't know. It's it's kind of weird. Where What's the genesis of patina? Where does it come from? Does it come from lack of care? Because if you waxed your... If, some, if you had bought that Camaro new and you waxed it all the time and kept it really clean and shiny in a garage, it wouldn't have that much patina. Maybe I have a different thought. Maybe, I don't know, I'm thinking about it. Because maybe you have the... There's patina, or there's care, and there's overcare. Because if you wax and polish a car too much, you got to polish the paint right off of it, too. So we're having a distraction here with Enzo the dog again. He's trying to put his paw up and shake for, for Andrew, so he's a little distracted today. I'll leave upstairs next time. We can hear him bark all the time. Um, yeah, if you overcare for a car, you ruin it, too. I used to work with a guy who cleaned his car so much that the interior 
materials, the texture was worn off of them. Is that patina, or is that caring to the point that you're not caring? I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, there's, there's so many different ways you can go with it. So I, I don't know. Maybe I'm barking up the wrong tree saying that not your car getting paint fade is not caring for it, but I don't know. I've never owned a new car long enough to know, so. Yeah, I don't know. Cars just kind of wear, and I guess if you just let them wear, but you take care of them, I don't know. No, nope, I don't know either. It's personal, I guess. You yeah. hated patina. I like patina. It's personal opinion. Yeah. Potato, potato. Well, anyway, as we said before, it's November. Wintertime's coming. We spend a lot more time inside because we can't take our nice cars out because it's snowing or it's salty. It's rather salt. actually salty. The salt doesn't frighten me. It's the salt. That's that's the part that kills you. In New Snow England, doesn't frighten salt. you. It's yeah. the salt. Yeah. yeah. It's it's the road salt that they use here is just uh, it's terrible. Uh, road salt and the also the uh, the chemical stuff. The chemical stuff they use now. But anyway, so that's probably enough discussion for today. We're at about forty five minutes or so. Yeah. So. I guess we'll wrap it up. Um, uh, so let's. Oh, we've got uh, coming up Sunday. I think if it doesn't rain, if you're in the New England area of sort of uh, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, there is a going to be a cars and coffee at the coffee factory in Salem, New Hampshire. And uh, the second one, actually, the second one, yeah, and the first one's pretty I, good turnout. I believe I po- already posted a link on the Facebook page, the Facebook event, but it will be at. I'll give you the address. It'll be at ninety-two Clough Crossing Road in Salem, New Hampshire. It's a little strip mall. Uh, I think there was a New Hampshire liquor store there. There's a couple other things. A ninety-nine restaurant. Ninety-nine restaurant. Yeah, uh, the ho- coffee shop was kind of tucked in the back because they were doing um, construction. But uh, hopefully they'll have more than one employee there this time. Uh, the coffee was delicious. The coffee I don't was, think it was worth the forty-five minute wait. It just but... took a long time because everybody showed up at once. That's nine, 9 a.m. this coming Sunday. And I think that's if it doesn't rain. Um, uh, it's rain or shine. Is it rain or shine? It is rain or shine. Right. Yeah. So um, it's I mean, a big, big coffee shop. We can hang on inside if we have to. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably take the truck. I'll be there regardless. Yep. So if you want to come, meet your auto off-topic co-host. Mm-hmm. If you don't already know me, which is unlikely if you listen to the podcast this early in the game. So, uh, again, as always, uh, this podcast was sponsored by Vintage Imports in New England. Uh, you've got some new cars up for sale, Brad, I think, right? I do. Most excitingly, that uh, 79 Honda Accord, 56,000 original mile one owner car, uh, beautiful rust-free silver over red two-door hatch. Yeah, it was a really pretty car. It was a New England car, car, too, but uh, interesting story. So the, the owner passed some 20-something years ago. Yep, and the car was held up in probate The car was held up time. in probate with uh, the family was arguing over the estate. Yep. And the car just sat inside a garage. Inside a heated climate-controlled garage. And it, so it survived. Yep. And, well, also the owner, see, this is the thing. The owner took really good care of it. There's no patina. So there's, no, <laughs> there's a little bit of patina. It has, like, one door ding. There's no patina. And he, and he just, he, uh, he kept doing... Uh, uh, rust proofing over and over again. Yeah, those receipts from the car from the day it was bought until today for all the services and everything that were done on the car. Uh, and as a few receipts from every couple of years, he'd have the car re rust proofed. And there was even like warranty claims against the rust proofing. Yeah, there was, having minor, rust. there was yeah. a minor rust repair done on the rocker panel. Yeah, so it, it's it's kind of neat though. It's it it's neat when you can see all the history like that. In the Plenty car. of pictures of the car. 
uh, on the website, vintageimportsne.com. Now, is that going on? Uh, you put that on eBay? Car is on eBay tonight. Okay. Um, the Which auction is, is live. November 16th. Correct. Next Wednesday, it should be timed to end while we're recording, and we'll have a little bit of an exciting we'll, live podcast yeah, updates. Yeah, we'll try to live, live, blo- uh, live podcast it. Yeah, live blog it. Live podcast it. We'll see how that goes. Um, the Hopefully o- it's over reserve. Yep. The other thing is the CB450 Cafe bike that you had for sale. Sold. Sold. Yep. It's awesome. Heading so, to Miami. Yep. Heading so for warmer weather. It is heading for warmer weather. Away the guy's very excited about it. He's an older guy. His son is now off to college, and he wants to get back into motorcycling. Never actually owned a motorcycle before. That's a okay. weird first bike. Okay. That's... But it's Miami, okay. so it's nice straight roads, and it's a good bike for him. Well, good luck to him. Um, I hope he takes a, a rider safety course first. and. Yeah, he seems like a pretty straightforward guy. He knows what's going on. All so right. I'm excited for him to get the bike and hear from him and how it's going. And All right, great. So uh, as always, you can find us on Instagram at Auto Op Topic. Uh, my personal Instagram is Race and Anger. You can find us on Facebook at Auto Op Topic. And uh, if you want to email us with questions, comments, uh, it'll be autooptopic at gmail.com. Uh, Brad, how about you? Uh, the Instagram for Vintage Imports is just that, Vintage Imports NE. Uh, my personal Instagram is TSISS350. You can find me at both those places or just look me up on Facebook, Off the Auto Off Topic, or myself, Brad DeSantis. I welcome any questions, comments about the podcast, any questions, comments about cars I have for sale, or any questions, comments about cars, period. I could talk cars all day, every day, so I don't mind at all. So uh, I think with that, we'll uh, wrap this show up. See you next week. See you next week. So uh, thanks for listening. And uh, remember, make it three yards, motherfucker, and we'll have an automobile race. That's a good ending. I like that. All right.